Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Stand to your feet as we get into the word this morning. Uh, as Pastor Nick mentioned, next Sunday is Ordination Sunday. And so uh, we're, we're going to be honoring these men, acknowledging what God, we can't do anything that God hasn't already done. And so we're just going to acknowledge and celebrate with them the uh, anointing that God has placed upon these gentlemen. And it's going to be a great time of, of fellowship and celebration for them as well. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn them to John chapter 12. We have been speaking on core values. We've been talking about this is us. Now, you, you can go to many churches, and I, I shared this in the first service, and let, let me let you in on a little secret. You can leave CWC Bay Area, go to another church, and still make it to heaven. I know some of you are shocked because you think this is the only place that preaches the word, but there are places out there that you could leave our church and still be in fellowship in the kingdom, okay? The kingdom's bigger than CWC Bay Area, all right? You, there's many Mexican restaurants that you go to. How many like Mexican food, okay? Me, many Mexican restaurants that you can go to, but how many know different places? That there, there's... Some people, there's some places you go to and you're, you're eating, it's like, man, where's the spices at? This don't taste like anything. And then you go to other places, like they put their foot in that sucker, man. It's like, this is, this is some, I mean, this is slap your mama good. That's, that, that's the kind of, and, and so what I'm talking about is that the same way with church is that there are flavors that you go to in different churches. Spirit's the same in all places. They preach Jesus, but the, the, every place has a different flavor. Every place has its own. And this is us tells you what we stand for, who we are. You're gonna, you can go to different churches and experience God, but what makes CWC what it is 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 our core values, who the things we value, what makes us a, a little different. It doesn't make us better than anyone else. It just makes us who we are. Amen? Does that make sense? Okay. So in John chapter 12, verse 27, read this with me. Jesus is on the verge of going uh, to the cross. And as he's preparing to go to the cross, he finds himself in this situation there at the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying. He is struggling because he believes in the why, salvation. But he is struggling with the how, the crucifixion. And in our lives, many of us have, we know what our why is. We know the goal God has for our lives. But we're struggling with the process. Because process sucks sometimes. The process is, is hurtful. It's it's. It's, it's, a, it's like the crucible of going through the Marines. There is a period that he walked in as a young man, and when he came out of the crucible at the end of boot camp, he became a Marine. The process is what makes you different. And I don't care how spiritual you are, you cannot pray out the process. 
For every promise God has for your life, there is a process that's connected to it. And you might want a great marriage. A great marriage doesn't just happen. A healthy body doesn't just happen. Getting out of debt doesn't just happen. You have to make sure you go through the process to get... Please say that again, Pastor. Jesus says this in verse 27. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Have you ever been there? Man, you know the right thing to do, but you're having a hard time doing it. Because you know once you commit, it's going to be a painful process. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? What Jesus is saying is, I believe in the why, but I don't want to do the what. There has to be another way. But then in the very next breath, he says, but this is the very reason. Someone say reason. reason. Got to find your reason. Earth, wind, and fire saying it years ago, reasons. Okay? You got to find your reason. I'm sorry, I got to come back real quick, okay? <laughs> For this reason, I came. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You see, when you know your purpose, you will understand the process, okay? You can't pray out the process. And I don't care how spiritual Jesus was. Not even Jesus could pray out the process. Not even Jesus had the ability to say, let's find another way of doing this. You have to go through the process in order to uh, obtain the promise in life. So there's a process. You want to be free from addiction? There's a process you have to go through. You want to get out of debt? There's a process you have to go through. You want to heal your marriage? There's a process that you have to go through. And it sucks sometimes because the process is difficult. It is a really hard process to go through. Now, when Jesus, what, what, what I love about this, Jesus could have resisted the process, but he would have missed out on his promise. Now, you, you can make the decision not to go through the process, but you're going to miss out on the promise at the end. You, easy and promise don't go together. If you're looking for comfort, you're not going to com find comfort in your purpose. Because your purpose is going to make you feel very uncomfortable in life. It's going to make you, it's going to be miserable at times. Where you're going to be like, why did I even do this? There are times I wondered, why did I become a pastor? When I'm dealing with marriages that are falling apart. I'm dealing with addictions. I'm dealing with people that are struggling. I'm dealing with, with mental issues. Dealing with people that want to give up. And you get to the point, you're like, man, why do I do this? I want to find a nine to five where I can clock in, clock out, and be done with it. Because when I get off, I'm still carrying your issues with me. But that's what I was called to. That's not what I do. It's what I was called to. And so I want you to see in, in John chapter 6, verse 15, Jesus just gets done feeding the 5,000 and everything, people are like, dang, th this is who we need to be king. Because then we're, we never have to worry about making anything to eat. <laughs> Verse 15, it says, when Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Yeah. You see, the people wanted to give Jesus the promotion to king. But Jesus, knowing his purpose, refused it. 
Being the king of Jerusalem would have been a great position, but it would have been a demotion to his purpose. He wasn't called to be king of Jerusalem. He was called to be king of kings and lord of lords. What, what am I telling you? When you know your value, when you know your purpose, when you know your call, you, will, you won't be distracted by the other things that come into your life or other opportunities. There are always going to be other opportunities for you. If you are gifted, if you are talented, and you have abilities, there are going to always be things that you can do. But until you know your purpose, your call, your call keeps you in your lane. Your vision keeps you in your lane. It keeps you from running off and doing things you know you weren't called to do. Knowing your values will keep you from trading your future for a moment. Jesus could have taken the people's promotion, but it would have been a demotion for his destiny. Now, that's what our core values are about here at CWC Bay Area. They, they help us make our decisions before the crisis arises. And your values help establish that. Your values, you, you, you don't, you don't, it's not when, when your husband is hanging out with another woman, do you start working on your marriage? You start divorce proofing your marriage before you even get there. And how do you do that? Your values, your standards. You got to identify those things before. You don't try, you, you don't try to figure things out when you're already in debt. You make, you, you determine your values before you even get there. That keeps you out of debt. Come on, somebody. You got to hear what I'm saying right now. Thank you, one of you, this morning. So what are our non-negotiables? What are the things that we just will not cross the line on? What are the things that we stand for? And, and he who stands for nothing falls for everything. So you got to find out what you stand for. What are your values? What are the things that you stand for? What are the things that you believe in? And let me give you our core values. I gave you five of them last week. Growth, progression, honor, value, and compassion. Those are the things, and if you didn't hear the message, you need to go back and listen to it because that's the things that we value. Growth, everything God created grows. Number two, progression. Everything that we, in, in our lives, we should progress. We shouldn't be at the same place physically, financially, mentally, emotionally that we were five years ago, let alone last week. We have to progress. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And then honor. We got to have honor for people, not because they're honorable, but because we are. Just because someone attacks me doesn't mean that I respond in the same way. You, you may talk about me. You may even curse me out. But I'm not going to curse back at you. Why? Because I'm honorable. And cursing is not part of my lifestyle. That's not how I dwell. You can't make me cuss at you because it's not in me. My kids have taken me close, though. I've thought some words. <laughs> value, having value for people, and then compassion. Today, I, I want to take you on the next five. Someone say next five. next five. Okay, everyone shout generosity. generosity. Now, it's easy to say than to do. Yeah. Right? Generosity. We believe that giving and sharing reflects the heart of God. Genesis, cha or uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he, that he what? What did love do? It caused him to give. So you could give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Now, if you're married, how many married people in the house? Okay. Now, wives, I want to ask the wives right now. 
If it's your birthday and you don't get a present from your spouse, ladies, how are you going to respond? You're going to get him a gift? Wow, you're, you're a good lady. Now Christmas rolls around and you don't get a gift. Anniversary comes around and you don't get anything either. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, my wife doesn't even know when our anniversary is. Oh, I'm waiting. See what I deal with in my family? We were married on November 18th, babe, not the 17th. Okay, November 18th. So that's why, that's why we do married couples, because we're, we're dealing with stuff in our own family right now. We're working through our own issues right here, okay? <laughs> but God so loved the world that he gave. Again, I need you to understand that giving is evidence of love. Don't tell me you love God, but you don't give. Don't tell me you love others, but you don't give. Giving isn't always financial. It could be of your time and your talent as well. And so when Jesus found himself with this woman at his feet, breaking an alabaster box and with her tears, washing his feet and with her hair drying it, and then she's kissing his feet, there's a Pharisee in the room that says, man, if Jesus knew what kind of woman, what kind of prostitute was was." touching him right now, he, 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 would, he wouldn't allow her to touch him. Jesus knew what he was thinking. And he, said, he gives her a story, and I'm paraphrasing. He says, if there's two individuals, one owes a million dollars and the other one owes 50, and they're both forgiven, which one of the two is going to love more? The one that owed the most, right? And Jesus points out that when we are forgiven much, we love much. Many times I had to question myself at times when I felt like I didn't love God and I wasn't giving like I should. I had to stop and say, am I grateful for my salvation? Am I great? Now, I wasn't a drug addict. I didn't kill anyone. I didn't end up in prison or whatever. I don't have that kind of testimony. But I'm still a sinner saved by grace and that God found enough love in me and for me that he still died for me and gave me a second chance. We got to be willing to give. We have to show generosity. Generosity is the opposite of stinginess. And some of y'all are stingy. Some of you are afraid to order DoorDash because you think it's too expensive. <laughs> See, love motivates us to give our time, our talent, and our treasure. I, I'm, let me ask you this. What does your giving or your generosity say about your love for God? If you were to be judged just based off of your generosity as the measurement of love, how much do you love God? See, Jesus didn't judge giving based on what we gave. 
He judged giving based on what we had left over after we gave. When he was at the temple and people were coming in, all the rich folk were dropping, they were dropping change. They were dropping chunks in, in, into the offering baskets. They were walking by. It was a big old thing in that time. They had the, the, the offering thing, and people would come in with their robes, and they would drop their money, and Jesus was watching what was going on. Then a little old lady came in with two pennies, and she dropped it in. And Jesus says, this widow has given more. Someone say more than any of the rich people because she gave all. Someone say all. all. All she had. When's the last time you gave God your all? I'm not even talking money. I'm talking in worship. I'm talking in dedication. I'm talking in heart. I'm talking in commitment and giving God my all. That when you got home after a church on Sunday morning, you, you couldn't speak because you worship with everything that was in you. You were so tired. You were so burnt. You gave God everything you had. You walked home and you were out of it because you went all in and you gave God everything. When's the last time you gave God everything? Dang, it's quiet in here. So I'm, I'm trusting that's conviction, not sleep. Number two, everyone say love. love. We believe that a culture of love can reach anyone and everyone. You know what? I, I, I realize this. I've, I've never been able to win someone over to the Lord by judging them. First Peter 4, 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love. Someone say deep love. deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. So I've seen wives that should have left the husband. I've seen husbands that should have left the wives, but they're still together today. Why? Because of love. Love has an ability to cover. Love has an ability to say, I, you know, I know you're messed up, but so am I. We can make it together. There's something about love that has the ability to cover an individual instead of exposing them. And I love, I love when I see that miracle happening in front of me. I love when I see someone like Chaplain John open up a home for individuals that other people have given up on. I love when I see you going to Maui and going out there and ministering to your diamond girls, people that have been thrown, thrown aside and cast out. You love them. They know the love of God in you, and it gives them a second chance. Love isn't measured by what someone does for you. Many times when in our married couples, I'll ask people this. How do you, tell me, why do you love your, your, your wife? Tell, why do you love your husband? And it, the, the responses are usually like this. I love my wife because, man, she's, she's a great cook. She takes care of the house. She takes care of the kids. She, she, she's all, you know, man, she does the laundry. She keeps our house in order. She, you, you talk more like she's a maid than she's your spouse. Now, now <laughs> you were just covering her ears earlier about the, uh, did you forget an anniversary, bro? No. Yeah. Hey, at least he knows the date. Pray for us, guys. Pray for us. <laughs> I want you to see, when, when you talk about how, when you love someone, well, I love that see, they take care of me, they do this. You haven't explained love. You just explained what they do to you, do for you. 
You don't measure love by what someone gives to you. You measure love by what you give to them. That's love. So when I ask, why do you, how, how do you love your wife? You don't say because she does X, Y, Z for me. You point out because of the fact I love her, so I do X, Y, Z for her. I express my love for her by doing these things. You don't measure love by what someone does for you. You measure love by what you do for someone else. There's about three of you that got that, okay? Jesus said that you will know that they are my disciples by their car they drive, bank account, suit. You'll know that my disciples by their love. Love is what marks us. Love is what shows who we are. And love is a decision that we, cho we, we choose. It's not based on, uh, on, on how many scriptures you know, how many times you come to church. Uh, do you speak in tongues? Can you dance? Can you sing? It's all about love. You will be measured not according to the church you go to, but by the love that you show for people around you. Without love, we are nothing. Let me ask you this. If you were to be arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to hold you? It's like the lady that was driving and got pulled over by a cop. She got pulled over. The cop pulled out guns on her and everything. Because as she was driving down the street, she was tailgating, cussing at people, flipping them off, you know, driving by, and just, just driving reckless and just honking at people, so upset. Cop pulls her over, has her lay out on the, on, the, on the ground, gets her out of the car, puts her hands behind her back, her back locks her up, puts her in the car. And finally, when the lady talks to the cops, is when they run a check, they find nothing on her. And they apologize to the lady. And the lady's like, well, why did you arrest me? Why did you go through all of that? They said, well, you had a bumper sticker on your car that said, honk if you love Jesus. And the way you were driving looked like you had been carjacked. That's why I don't put a CWC sticker on my car. <laughs> we got to move. Uh, number three, trust. Everyone shout trust. trust. We believe in empowering people toward their purpose. Let me, let me read this. Romans 15, 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. I, I want you to understand this, that if you were to look at the 12 disciples, not one of those 12 disciples would you would have said, you know what, this guy can change the world. I'm going to put this guy, fourth, there wouldn't be one Fortune 500 company that would have hired one of the 12 disciples. Yet Jesus chose these individuals to carry on the most important job in the world, and that was salvation of all humanity. And what did, why is that? Because God looked past their failures, moved past their, their flaws, looked beyond their mess-ups. I need you to understand that God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you enough not to keep you in that moment there. God trusted them, and he entrusted them with the message of the gospel of Christ. What I love about the disciples is they're not perfect. Neither am I. I got all kinds of issues. Don't look at me because so do you.
We all got issues. But Jesus chose flawed people to pour his Holy Spirit into. And to use them to transform the world. I need you to understand, your dirt doesn't eliminate you from being used by God. In fact, your dirt actually makes you qualified to be used by God. Who better to help someone out of addiction than someone that's been through it? Who else can help someone that's going through, that, to, to make it through a, a rocky time in marriage than someone else that's made it through it? Who else to help someone uh, get healthy than someone that has gone through another healthy season and is now there? What am I telling you today? God doesn't look past your flaws. God accentuates them. He touches them. He blesses them. And he uses them. Stop hiding your flaws. You stop, stop acting like you're all perfect. Everyone knows you're not. CWC has to be a place where we trust people. You don't know how many times I've been warned by so many well-meaning people. Watch out for this person. Watch out for that person. Hey, that individual, I, I heard about them. Watch out for this individual. Let, let me tell you something. I will never, someone shout never. never. I will never apologize for believing the best in people. Okay, let me try this side. I will never apologize for believing in the best in people. Even you. I won't. I don't care what I heard people have talked about an individual. I'll give them an opportunity when they come. I'll believe in them. I'll trust. Now, if they let me down, then... At that point, and they're not willing to repent or, or move on, then I'll deal with it at that point. But I'm going to believe the best in everyone. I'm going to trust. And that's what CWC has to be. We have to be a place that trusts. You know what? I was born and raised in San Jose, but what, what's a trip? You won't see one of my friends in San Jose come to our church. Because I was, I was terrible when I was a kid. I mean, all, from, from childhood till now, I mean, I, not till now, but when I accepted Christ, I was, I was terrible. People can't believe I'm a minister now. But God didn't look at me through the lenses of other people's opinions. And God doesn't view you. When God makes a choice to... To, to bless someone, to promote someone, to use someone. He doesn't take a poll. He doesn't ask people, hey, what do you think about this person? When God wants to use you, God will raise you up. He took a murderer by the name of Moses and he caused him to become a deliverer for the children of Israel. I came to tell you, no matter what you've gone through, God can use your dirt, turn it around, and use you for the kingdom of heaven. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. God doesn't call perfect people. He perfects those that he calls. Amen. And I'm grateful for that. Number, number four, contribution. In fact, uh, Pastor Seth, if you would help me as we get ready to close here. 
We believe in the life-giving power of contribution, not just consumption. Everything God created in life gives. It gives back. In fact, the word says in Mark 10, 45, for the, even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. We all have a gift to serve. We all have a place to add. And if all you do is receive, now, now listen carefully. There, there are seasons in our lives where we need to sit and be healed. Come on. Let, let's talk. That we're, we're all in seasons at times where we need to sit and be healed, restored. But once you're restored, you now have a responsibility to take what God has brought you out of and now use that deliverance to add value to someone else. You don't just sit there and receive. There's a show on, on one of these channels that my girls used to watch, my, my 600-pound life. And it shows individuals that are in just terrible physical situations. When we sit there and all we do is receive in church, but we never contribute, in the spiritual realm, we're just like that. We're getting so much word, we're getting so much input, but we're not giving anything out to the point where you can't even move. Because spiritually, you are obese. That to the point you can't function. Everything in life contributes. Everything God created reproduces. And if all you do is receive, but you never add value to or never give back, you're going to become extinct. The measure you are given is the measure we give. And I, I, I wonder right now, the cycles that God hardwired into nature, the cycles God hardwired into time, the sun, the, the earth rotates one time, that's one day, rotates around the sun, one year. Everything's spinning, moving. Plants have a seed. That seed gets germinated. That germination creates pollination. From that pollination, it creates a fruit. And from that fruit, there's more seed inside of it. And so it continues to reproduce. Women have cycles. At a certain time of month, a woman has a cycle that releases an egg that allows her to be able to give life to a child. Without cycles, there's no life. Without cycles, there's no reproduction. And whenever we sit there and just receive, but we never give, you're going to die. You're breaking the law of God. And I want to encourage you today to recognize there's a contr contribution. Each and every one of us was created to give and to make. There's a place for you to serve, a place for you to serve humanity, to give to the body of Christ. Yet all we do, many of us, to sit and receive and receive, and then we judge the food you were served. No, I didn't like that message today. Pastor didn't really preach. I wasn't as good as I, I've heard him do before. That wasn't really good. Just, uh, what are you complaining about? You didn't even pay for it. 
You're still in someone's Netflix number and just... We better, better go on here. Let's go to the last one. Someone say creativity. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do, creativity. We believe that when we are creative, we are most like God. Do you realize that God has hardwired each and every one of you for success? That success or greatness isn't your idea, it's God's idea. In fact, you talk to a child, my, 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 he's gonna be four years old in October, my, my grandson. Whenever we play, Papa, I want to be a superhero. I'm a superhero. I'm Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You'll see him in the, in the foyer. And, he, he's still, and if I don't fall down or if I don't act like I got hit, then he'll just keep on doing it until I fall down or respond to his movement. And it's funny because we were going to the car one time at night, and I turned open up my, my car. I got in Genesis. And when the... the I guess the windows or the mirrors open up on the side, a light comes out and it shows the Genesis emblem on the floor. And he saw that and it looks like Batman. He goes, ooh, Papa, is that Batman? I said, yeah. Shh. Don't tell anyone. He goes, Papa, you drive the Batmobile? Yeah. Are you Batman? I said, no, I just watched Batman's car for him and so whenever we go anywhere he wants to drive in my car when we play around as a kid he always thinks of being something great have you ever asked a child what do you want to be I've never seen a kid say oh man I want to be homeless oh I want to be strung out I, I want to be in prison yeah, I want to. I, I, I just want. I want to. I want to lose everything. I want to be divorced after two years. I don't want my kids to talk to me. That's what I want. You've never heard a kid say that, because every child is wired for greatness. And it's not until we we've gone through some things in life, until we've gone through some battles, that all of a sudden we lower our expectations of life. And now when someone starts talking about big dreams or doing great things, you're like, oh, come on, man, get your head out of the clouds. God wants us to dream. God wants us to be creative. God wants us to start living at a higher level. You are never more like God than when you create. And the more create, creative things you do, the more creativity comes out. Now, now when I see creativity, some of you are like, but, but pastor, I, I'm not good at art. It's not what I'm talking about. True creativity is problem solving. Say that again, pastor. Creativity is problem solving. And many of you are like, man, I'm sick and tired of the problems I'm going through in life. No, you're not. Because it's those obstacles that God is trying to use to stir up your creativity. It's in the problems of life that creativity is stirred up. You don't start your business until a door shuts. And recognize, I got to create something here. 
I got to move beyond the situation. It's in the crisis of life that you recognize that I am not moved by the crisis. I'm not moved by the obstacle. I'm not moved by the walls that are coming against me. I was created in the image and likeness of a creative God. Then God has given me the ability to adjust, to transform, and be creative and solve problems. You facing a mountain right now? have a problem, don't have enough money to make it happen, creativity. God shows up in creativity. I want you to bow your heads with me. Creativity believes things are possible. Whether it's my grandson that believes I drive the Batmobile. Many of you right now are facing obstacles and you're, you're mad at God. And God's saying, listen, this obstacle wasn't placed there to keep you from blessing. But for you to release blessing. To stir up your creativity. To find ways to use the gift that I gave you. Don't give up. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here right now and maybe you're looking back at our, our list, your generosity. You, you need to get better in the area of generosity. And I'm not talking about money. It might be your time. It might be your talent. It might be just your ear. Whatever it is, you, you recognize you need to become more generous. If that's you, would you lift your hand right where you are? Yes, I see those hands going up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Secondly, love. You need to start operating out of love. You recognize love has to be who you are. That I want to be like Jesus. I want to be a follower of Christ. But I'm missing out on the element of love. If love is an area you need to develop right now, would you raise your hand as well? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over here, God bless you. God bless you as well. Thirdly, trust. Man, all it takes is for someone to do you wrong once and then you cut them off. Can you trust an imperfect people and trust them and love them to wholeness? If you're here right now and you believe that, you need to start trusting and believing more in people. If that's you, would you raise your hand as well? Yes. See those hands going up? God bless you. Number four, contribution. Instead of being a consumer, you want to be a contributor. You're recognizing that things are better when I give my best. If that's you, would you raise your hand as well? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Lastly, creativity. Stop complaining about my obstacles and recognize that's an opportunity to be creative. If that's you, raise your hand as well. God, stir up my creativity. Give me the ability to be creative. Help me create, my God, right now. So, Father, you've seen every hand that has been lifted. Would everyone stand to your feet with me right now? Just stand. And if you raise your hand on any of those calls, I'm going to have you step out of your seat and come to the altar. I want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Come on, give them a round of applause as they come this morning. If Peter had money when he walked by the lame man, that lame man would have never walked. 
But it was his lack of money that gave him the opportunity to be creative. And I want to encourage you today that God is about to release another anointing over your life. You think anointing is about preaching or music. It goes beyond that into your business. God's about to give some creative downloads to some of you on how to run business, how to do things, how to make things operate that are going to revolutionize some things. You think you've, you've, you've come far to this point. You ain't seen nothing yet when the Holy Spirit partners with you for creativity. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.